0: Welcome back, everybody, to episode two of Charger Cast. as this week we are joined by Damon Burton Jr. and Dev Holmes. Thank you guys for coming out and being on episode two. How are you guys doing today?
1: I'm doing good. Yeah, I'm doing well, too.
0: So you guys just came from Lyft. How was how that? A foggy you,
1: Lyft? Yeah, it's definitely uh, getting us ready for the season coming up. It's a lot of work put in there. Expensive pain, as someone would say. Expensive pain. Um, Fridays are good comp
0: days for us with the team, so um, it was a good lift session. So both of you guys coming from U Albany, but let's start with what got you both into football. Start at the beginning. You know, tell us a little bit about yourselves.
1: So for me, uh, I was a baseball kid, and always that was like my go-to sport. One of my teammates' his dad ran a, a, a football team, and took two years, but convinced my mom finally let me play. And then from there, I just fell in love with it. And then, like, I went to one of the better high schools in Rochester, New York, for football, and then just excelled. And I just like winning and competing, and then that's kind of where I fell in love with the game.
0: So, baseball then turned over to football. When when did you start truly playing football, and when did
1: you really start to put a lot of effort into it? I think I, I took it serious, maybe eighth grade, and then, because before that I also played a box as well. That was like my really my go to thing. But introduced to football was through baseball. Well, eighth grade i believe is when i took it serious and i got pulled up to varsity from eighth grade after that so i feel like i put in the work there and then it took off from there dev how about you
2: uh, i got an older brother um so i followed his path he um played football his life my dad played football so uh growing up i was always into football and basketball i thought i was a basketball guy so you know i stopped growing uh 5'9 so ain't that tall so um i want to stay around middle school I started to take it serious before that you can't lift weights do extra sprints or runs you just young is if your scales better than the other guy across from you when you're at a younger age so uh I want to say I took it serious around middle school um went to the same high school as my dad and my older brother uh won two state championships uh went to the Albany
0: and uh now I'm here so how did you guys both decide initially to go to Albany there to start out your college careers?
1: I initially went to Albany because that was my uh, only Division I offer, and I got injured a lot out of my high school career, and they still believed in me, and they showed me a lot of love. They used to come to my high school and visit a lot. So when I came to decide what college I was going to, I just felt like they were home because they checked on me so much, they showed me enough love, and they still had the faith in me after my injuries and stuff like that. So I felt like I got older to tell them to commit there. It was a great decision for me.
0: What did you study?
1: What was your uh, What did you start looking at for school like for undergraduate studies? So for me, like college, I'm the first in my family to ever go to college. So I really had no clue what to expect for college. So when I got there, I wanted computer um, communications, and that was kind of what I stuck with there, and minor, I minored in business. But like for me, like when I got into college, I was I was so green because I had no I had no expectations, no clue what to do. So pretty much from there, I just learn myself every season every year just trying to get better like at school and football at the same time
0: dev how about you
2: uh my junior year of high school i was committed to villanova uh decommitted after my senior year of football and uh albany stuck around still had my scholarship and um after talking with them and my family that's what made me commit and um when i went to albany i went in with 30 college credits already for my high school career and um I went in as a business major, but I switched my major after the first semester to homeland security, as there's always a need for security and uh, law enforcement. So
0: so talk us through a little bit. You initially were committed to Villanova. What led to your decision to decommit and then go to Albany there? Like Damon said, uh, Albany
2: just felt like a family. They always checked up on me, even when I was committed to Villanova, um, it was a big decision um after i seen a couple guys commit to villanova when i was told i was going to be the only receiver on um, scholarship and then after i seen that i spoke to the coaches and it just felt like that i was being lied to so i lost the trust in them and after that that's when i fell back and reevaluated everything Damn. and um <laughs> after doing that i spoke with my older brother and my family and they said, you got to do what's best for you. Villanova is a dream school. It's top of the notch with business and a lot of other majors. But I just wanted to be in a family environment with the football players and the football coaches. So,
0: so how, how big is family for the both of you guys? Dev, you've talked a lot about family, and we, we've seen your family at the games. Damon, you, you had me give your family a special shout-out, that one football game. But how important has family been through all of this?
1: For me, family's been everything. Cause what I do I just want to motivate my little brother I want to make my mom proud I want to make my sisters proud because where I'm from a lot of people don't get the opportunity to do what I have done so I just don't want to mess it up or not take full advantage of everything I've gotten. and to them like they are always my biggest fans no matter wins losses or draws they're always there for me so I just want to be able to always put a smile on their face and show them that I'm doing well and keep the uh, the street going of just success yeah,
2: um, that's my why. My family's my why to why I play the foo- this football game. And um, just to relax with them after every game, talk with them. It's always
0: fun, and it's a lot of joy seeing them happy with me. So, Was there a lot of pressure for you to go and play football with your brother playing football, your dad playing football, or was it just kind of that natural choice for you to follow along in that?
2: It was just a natural choice. I never felt the pressure. Um since my dad played receiver but my older brother played defensive back, so and me playing offense, I never felt the pressure of having to play football. Like it was never it was never like my dad never forced me to do anything I didn't want to do, so
0: So you guys spend your time at Albany and then New Haven comes around. Talk us through the decision, leaving there, coming here, and talk a little bit about the differences of recruiting style. Because now you know, instead of being recruited as a high school kid, you're in college getting recruited and looking to switch schools.
1: For me at Albany, uh, I got injured there as well a lot. So, like, I never got my full ex- like opportunity to take over a position there. However, I did learn a lot football-wise about myself and everything like that. So, blessed to have the opportunity there. But th- the decision to lose was just because I wanted to have a better opportunity for me to play the game of football and have a shot to start and take over a position type of thing. And then in a transfer portal, recruiting was a little different, like you said, from high school off the strength that they – they're not trying to sell me so much because they know I've been through the college experience. I know that they're just trying to talk to me and figure out who I am. And the choice of, like, New Haven was Dev. I knew him for four-plus four years, so I have a lot of trust and faith in him, what he says in his words. And when he said he was here, it just made a lot of sense to come here. And then I came here and met all the guys and a lot of younger coaching staff, which I really liked because now I can relate to them more than, like, the older coaching staff. Coach Scott, me and him talked, and it looked like everything he said. He stood on it when I did get here, so a lot of respect for him. Coach P as well, like just this, they held everything they said they stood on. So I just really liked it that and everything like that. Um, in
2: 2019, when I first went into Porto we at Albany, um, Coach P reached out to me. So I was talking to a bunch of different schools, but Coach P reached out to me in 2019, we emailed back and forth, but I decided to go back to Albany. So this was before the transfer rules changed. I would have had to sit out a year if I didn't go um, down a level. And at the time, I didn't want to go down to D2. Then I graduated from Albany and after graduating during COVID, I went back in the portal and after going back in the portal, I reached back out to Coach P and uh, that, that's basically what led me here, knowing that any time too.
0: So what is the difference in just game day atmosphere, atmosphere around the football team from Albany to here at New
1: Haven? I'd well, say like the fan base here, they're insane, which I love they actually show love and really care about the game and the players and what's going on here at opening. Like you would get a lot of fans as a, you know, D one school. However, like the environment wasn't the same. Like at you come out at halftime half the fans are probably gone here at halftime. It's probably more fans than what started the game. And like people actually know who you are. And like, I walk around and people say, what's up five, like you had a great game, show a lot of love. So I feel like the game day environment here just like it's very community based and like the players, the teammates, we, we are in an old locker room. We were so close. So you had no choice but to bond with the people you're around. And we're always together so much. Like in the summer, the weight room, everything, we're going through a lot together. So you, you automatically blend. And everybody here is a lot of older guys. So we all already been through the college experience. So we already know, like, you just got to lock in, focus up. And we all bonded off of that.
2: Yeah, to add on to that, at Albany, I want to say Albany was a lacrosse school. Uh, great lacrosse team over there at Albany. Um, football team doesn't have a lot of winning seasons over there so we don't got a lot of fan support as new haven we win, we win a lot so and um the alumni system is
0: unbelievable here too compared to albany so so talk us through what a day in the life of a new haven football player is from wake up to what time you're finishing during
1: season so me and deb might have different schedules because of our class schedules and whatnot however we lift the same so for me i'll go through on a thursday because that's when i have class so I would wake up in the morning, and I would eat breakfast, go throughout that, and I'll come over here around twelve, twelve ten. I have left at one. After that, I'd get a protein shake, go back, then I have class at uh, six to eight thirty, and then I go back to go home, eat, and go to sleep. It's it's pretty straightforward, but it's it's very consistent of what I do every day. I'd wake up, eat breakfast, go to the gym, go to class, eat more, go to sleep. That's in the off season. During a regular season During practice And it's a lot more Meeting times And stuff like that But the off season Is very You have to You get what you get done In a time period And after that You have a lot of time To just be to you yourself And stuff like that
2: Yeah being a grad guy I want to say It's different from an undergrad Because we don't take Five classes So I feel like My schedule Compared to an undergrad uh, Person Is totally Less busy So um, with, Just like Damon said Wake up Around 8-9am Eat breakfast Go get treatment With Maggie After treatment Go to lift eat after lift, do some homework, go to class, get back, uh, do a little bit more homework,
0: eat, go to sleep, repeat. So it's just uh, eat, sleep, practice, and repeat for you guys a lot of times. What is your favorite, like, in-season practice from Coach Vince? Is it after a Red Sox win? Because everyone talks about how much of a Red Sox fan he is. So is it actually easier when they win the
1: next day? Yeah, I don't know if I ever noticed – because I feel like I practice I go a million miles per hour every time, so I'm always trying to learn and get better, so I always give him my effort the same but hey, now that he now that you tell me this, I'm gonna have to see what it's hitting for <laughs> next season
0: you're gonna have to pay attention to that little extra
1: <laughs> Play coach Boston won so let's let's get out a little if, early.
0: if you give him a little extra shout out maybe you know you're on the good side for that <laughs> hour of practice
2: um when Boston wins he uh he used to tease cooper a lot uh throw the Boston sign up. Little kid with a middle finger, it's, uh, it's always good jokes after Boston wins, but when, when Boston lose, oh, he's a
0: madman. So well, I would always talk to Coach Pence after a game, and you know if you guys would be down at halftime, he'd say, I didn't say anything. Is that true he won't say anything at halftime, or will he say something and he just doesn't want to tell us what he's saying?
1: So for me, I play defense, so he doesn't say anything to us, and the most Coach Scott would say is, like, you guys know what to do. You know who you are. Lock it, and that's all that was really said to us. And they really let us, the older guys and the leaders of the team, talk to the players because they're not playing the game we are. So if we want to win, we have to be out there and motivate each other to do that. So for me, I never heard Coach Peters say anything.
2: Yeah, being on the offensive side, Coach Peters comes in the locker room. He tells us that if we're losing at halftime, it's us losing the game, not them beating us. So we got we just stick to the same game plan that we started with at the beginning of the game and most of the time we come out with a victory at the end of the day.
0: So what's been your guys' favorite memory from your time here, whether it be a win, road trip, team bonding, what's the favorite memory that you would want to tell future recruits, you know, wh- whoever.
1: Personally, my like a personal favorite moment was versus Southern in our first home game. That was my second college start in my career, and I got my first college interception that game. And my whole family was here, so that was really big for me. Overall, like the the what I really miss and I'm gonna love once my career in football is done is the bus rides. Like after we get a big win or something like that, being in the back of the bus, blasting music with the guys and cracking jokes and enjoying each other and just like having a good time. Like I love the bus rides, the locker room post games where just excited for the win and just excited all of that together. I'm gonna miss that. That's one of my like favorite memories is like you can't re, you can't recreate that in any other environment. The bus rides, the locker room experience. Can't take that anywhere else.
2: Yeah, uh, my favorite memory got to be uh, fall of 2021 when we beat Bentley for the conference championship ring. So that was a big moment for us.
0: Was the better memory beating them or when you finally got the rings?
2: I want to say beating them because uh, when we beat them the first time, they were ranked so high. Everybody had Bentley beating us. So when we came out, punched them in the mouth and won that game, it we
0: just put us on the map even more. So. So you guys talk about your careers now, but what's the, what's the future goals for you? Well,
1: college-wise, obviously, I want to DPOI. I want to be All-American. I want to win a ring with the guys. I want to make a natty run. I want to do that. So, uh, personal goals, I definitely want to make, uh, make it to the next level. NFL, CFL, XFL, USFL, one of those. I want to be able to play at the next level in any capacity. That's really one of my biggest dreams always when i was a kid i always said i want to be a professional athlete i played so many sports so i didn't know where i was going to take that route obviously football got me to where i am now so i'm all in for that like extra work whatever i got to do to get there i'm gonna do it yeah to add on to
2: what damon said um that's always a goal uh making it to the league but um in the future ideally i'm a national security major right now in grad school so fbi dea Secret Service, one of those federal
0: jobs would be real sitting with me. So, so Morgan, this is going to be your expertise in this avenue, but what what interests you in going into that field? You you said you started in business, but then really make a 180-degree switch going over to that. What led to that decision? Why did you really want to pursue that?
2: So, at Albany, when I came in for my freshman year, um, I was a business major, and I switched over the spring of my freshman year to Homeland Security and um, just talking with my older brother about different majors, the salary of different majors, because he's an accountant, and he basically told me, I minored in business at Albany. So having a minor in business with a major in Homeland Security made it look even better for me with the CIA, FBI, because a lot of those agents do a lot of business minors. So um, that's what really made me, made the switch. i always been good with math and numbers. So um, I just felt like sitting behind a desk, being an accountant, just... Was too boring for me. What didn't sit well with me,
0: Morgan? Can you agree? You don't want to be sitting behind a desk at all.
3: Yeah, um, the idea of just sitting still at all times is uh, not appealing, <laughs> especially for athletes. I feel like you're active all the time. So, like pursuing a job after that where you just like don't do anything throughout a majority of your day when you're so used to like being so active and always working out and things like that. It's just not really in the in the books for me.
0: So, so does home for you guys after careers you know looking at jobs is it looking at going back home to New York or is it looking at somewhere else or where could home be for you guys
2: I I've never been uh, a guy that wants to stay in New York with state tax uh, federal tax um, you, you gotta save the money you know go somewhere smart <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta get as much, uh, enough money in your pockets um, I, I know New York State It's high in taxes, so um, I've never been just, oh, I want to stay in New York. So um, wherever the job takes me, honestly, uh, I could call any place home.
1: So for me, like, I want to get into uh, player marketing, player development, and take the NIL thing and run with it. And a lot of people aren't doing it right now. They're just letting the kids run free and do what they want. So I want to be able to like slow it down and put it in a a smaller frame and make it go from there. But living-wise, I like him i'm from new york i don't see myself staying in new york i think i'm gonna go down uh, south to like texas or maybe georgia where my sister just moved to but i think that's where i'm gonna see myself as either like texas or georgia uh morgan all of your favorite places right there
3: yeah big big southern fan
1: yeah i got it. i gotta get to the south i don't really like the snow (laughs) so being from upstate new york i've seen enough dev have you seen enough snow and even
0: being here enough snow for you yeah we get all four seasons so <laughs> like down south you can have it any day of the week you could just go out to the beach well we so we had john on last week as for episode one and started up in michigan right michigan up up Sounds north right. and so we went to school up there he, he loved the snow and then we went to kansas and i was like did you ever miss the snow and he said yes i i can't miss the snow yeah I can't miss the snow so Damon, you talked about the NIL deals, and one thing that you said to me in class was you want to be the big name for NIL, especially here. Yeah. Talk to us a little bit about what your NIL deals are now and what the big goal is.
3: Don't share all your secrets. People <laughs> might listen to us.
1: So for the the reason why I want to be the the big guy for it is because like I, like I told you, there's not a lot of help in that area unless you're a P5 guy. 50,000 followers on Instagram, blue check verified, you're not getting any of the big-time NIL deals. The most you're going to get is a product-based thing, and the reason is because nobody has an outlet to help them get there. So for me, I have a decent size social media following, so I want to be able to use that and say, okay, I'm here, and I got these NIL deals, so why can't I get access to those? Like I just want to be able to find the way, the route to get to there so now the next generation or younger teammates I can be like, yo, this is what I did, so just follow these steps, and now we can get there. A couple I have is Clean Energy, and I just DM them on Instagram and say, hey, I'm a college athlete. I was wondering if you have any opportunities to do NIL deals with us. And they reached back and said, yes, this is what the process is. All you have to do is post. And that's kind of what I did. I made, like, a basis in my notes, like, hello, my name is Damon Byrne Jr. I'm a college athlete at the University of New Haven. I would love to be part of a blank whatever it is. And then go from there and just DM everybody I could that would possibly help me out. I started very small Places that have like maybe five, ten thousand followers. And then I I also hit up a lot of people that have fifty thousand, all of that. And everybody's not going to get back to you. But if you shoot your size a hundred times, you might get two, you might get eighty. But you got to keep putting yourself out there, kind of thing. So
0: you got to get that opportunity and you got to start somewhere. And you're doing just that. Dev, any NIL deals or looking for NIL deals? Uh, No, I'm
2: not that uh, the NIL type of guy. I just. Stick to my daily routine. Um, Last season, I was a liquid IV athlete. I was cramping. That didn't help. So uh, (laughs) sticking to water and Gatorade.
1: Does the pickle juice help? It does. I'm not going to lie. I I drank a lot of pickle juice last season. (laughs) (laughs) It was was taking four shots after halftime and everything. They would always talk about the
0: pickle juice, and J-Dub and Steve would always bring it up on the broadcast, (laughs) and everyone would be talking about it. I think it's the it's one of those weird things, but if it works, it works and
1: yeah. you just got to go with it. It was either pickle juice or mustard, and I don't eat mustard, so I had to do the pickle juice. So, tell us a little bit about why mustard? Is it a salt? The salt. Yeah, because when you sweat, you just release all the salt in your body, and the only way to get it back is to consume salt. And that that was our very high salt content. Interesting.
0: Morgan, you got any early questions right now?
3: Um, I think one of the biggest reasons why we brought you guys on here is just for you guys to talk about and give like a little, um, obviously an experience wise on why you guys came here, but some, Stop! sorry, sorry, I'm being loud. Okay. Just some advice to other athletes who would be transferring or going into the transfer portal. Like if you guys could do anything differently or give advice to any other, other athletes who might be in the same position that now that you guys were in, you know, a few years back, like what advice would you guys give them?
1: My advice would be to make sure your highlight tape is put together before you make any decisions because you can't show your talent without the highlight tape. Also, get, be open-minded to every opportunity. Don't be one-sided like, I ha- is D1 or no way, or is, is this or that, because if you do, you'll block a lot of your own blessings. Also, you have to hit up as many people as you want. For me, I went on Google and I typed in D1AA schools, found every, every school that I possibly believed that I could have an opportunity there. Found their coaching staff on Twitter, followed them. If they followed me back or had opening DMs, send them a DM on my highlight tape. Then I went to D2, followed as many coaches as I could, and DMed them. I probably DM'd them over 300, 400, 500 coaches in a matter of two, three weeks. Did all of them get back to me? No, but the opportunities that did, did follow suit. And that's why I kind of ended up here. So like I would just say, put yourself out there. As much as yourself, you have to sell yourself. Nobody's going to come find you. You have to put yourself out there and reach out as much as possible. And the biggest thing is be open-minded because you really block a lot of blessings if you, don't, you if you shut down a D2 because you're waiting for a D1 dream. Everybody can't go D1. There's thousands of kids in the portal. Everybody can't go there. You might as well have an opportunity to have somebody that really wants you there and all of that. So just be open-minded.
2: Yeah, to add on to that, the transfer portal now is unbelievable. I think there's 2,000 kids in there. So going in there without having any plan or highlight tape made, you're going in there blinded, basically, and you're hoping for the best. But knowing you going in blinded, is uh, a bad decision to make also making a decision to enter the portal uh if you if you redshirt as a freshman and you didn't play don't just bank on the portal because you didn't play or you were expecting to play a lot of freshmen redshirt so um my advice to kids is uh try to stick it out as long as possible and if it if it isn't what you want after three four years then i will tell them to hit the portal because um that's what me and Damon did. We stuck it out for four years at our place and then
0: went into the portal and left. Yeah. Damon, for your highlight reel, did you make it yourself or did you have someone help you with that? Or was it all on you and you just did all the work spending those late nights pulling the film and putting that together?
1: So for me, I went through every huddle, every practice tape, every game tape, everything that I could find like, and screen recorded myself and did all of that. Putting it together, I'm, I was blessed to have a friend, Shamar Hayes, who does all my highlight tapes and all our friends. He's a streamer, so he does all that. But however, all the like the legwork of finding the film, getting all the cut ups, I did all of that myself. It probably took me two weeks. Like I went, and had it in my notes, like game one, game two, game three, and I, like wrote down the number. Then I went to the game field. Okay, at a minute thirty in a game, this is what I did, and just had to go back from there. And then I had to go and screen record it on my phone. It was a very tedious process, but my highlight tape came out really good, so I'm not mad about it. <laughs>
0: So for anyone watching, what would you recommend putting in a highlight tape?
1: So highlight tape, the first 30 seconds shouldn't just be hype up stuff, especially if you're trying to get recruited. If you have a hype tape, okay. But if you're trying to have a highlight tape to get recruited, your first 30 seconds should be your best plays, most explosive, fast, playmaking ability, and open field tackles, a defensive guy, open field tackles, explosive plays, uh, game-changing type of plays, and then just show your athletic ability. You shouldn't have – Long long plays that go on for all forever, or you shouldn't have plays that you barely can't see yourself. You have to just, like highlight yourself and the best like your first five plays should be your best plays that you can see.
0: Dev, anything you would add or you know change in that? No, nah, he hit a spot on because uh, if you're a college coach and
2: you're looking at two hundred kids, after a minute of watching someone film, they might if you're trying to hype yourself up or anything. They don't. All right, let's get rid of him. Take him off the board next. So um, you should always have the first 30 seconds to a minute be your best plays of the season. So just so the coaches can keep watching, you got to keep them entertained. So.
0: so transitioning to coming up next year, Damon, you've gotten inside and we've seen a little bit more of the Peterson Center. Dev, have you been inside yet? No,
2: I'm, I'm waiting until everything gets cleared so I can have my jaw drop when I step in the
0: locker room in the new weight room so how how much excitement is surrounding the football team just to be able to get in there the first time
1: i think i think the guys are ready
0: yeah i i want to say
2: everyone's ready yeah it took me and damon six years just to get one upgrade in college so (laughs) it's real exciting
1: and for me like i went through it already walked through and i was like wow and i'm i I kept real hush-hush because i wanted to see the genuine expression from all the guys so for them to see, I already know, like, they're going to be ecstatic. And then the, the environment that's going to be able to be created in that room, that weight room, that locker room, it's going to take us next level.
0: So you've seen the outside, and you kind of get to start seeing the inside, but how does that compare to Albany and other places you guys have seen?
1: This is definitely better than a lot of A D ones uh places. It's probably one of the best places I've seen in college football. Like, on, on any visits I took and everything like that, like, it's it's up there.
2: Yeah, seeing it from the outside and talking to people, um, talking to Maggie Johns, who been at FAU. She said this building is the best building that she's seen, and that's FBS
0: schools who don't have a facility like this. So. Yeah. Have you guys been told when you might be able to finally get to see it, or is that still up in the air? They keep pushing the dates
2: back. Yeah, so, I would say um,
1: up in the air. I'm, I think they're rooting for after spring break. And just get a clean, like, okay, we start spring ball, get into the gym, and now, like, voila. But right now, we got a good thing going on in the rec. Like, we made, it, we made the environment there. We made the culture in there. So, like, it's not like we're doing bad work in there. It's more or less we're just ready to get over there type of thing.
0: We've been telling Foggy that he's just got to spend, you know, all night in there <laughs> and just keep doing that. What is Lyft like with Foggy? We see him, you know, bouncing around all the time, how excited he is. But what is he like
1: during Lyft? intense and fast he wants yeah. us stronger faster and bigger straightforward like he's he he wants you to put in work and he takes no for no no for answer like you have to do the work and he made me a lot stronger a lot faster a lot better like he pushes me to levels that I didn't think I could do his, his overall great dude off out the, outside the weight room like he's a genuine dude and he really wants the best for you so to have that respect for him outside the weight room only makes you want to work harder in the weight room and he treats it treats the stars, the starter players, the best player on the team, the same as he would treat the last person on the roster. Is, is no and no difference. Like everybody has to put in the same amount of work, and that's the culture, that's the standard, and we don't break the standard. That's I learned a lot from him by that right there.
0: So again, you know, looking towards next year, you guys just the announcement was just made the transfer quarterback from UCLA, Dev especially going to direct you know affect you. I, you haven't gotten to meet him yet, but. How, how close were you and Connor? Start with that.
2: Uh, you seen on the field the last two years, how close me and Connor were. Um, we still talk every day. Um, I think uh, I got to reach out to Coach P to see if I can go to his uh, pro day at UConn and throw with him because he wants to throw with me. He's been wanting to throw with me, but since um, the dislocated pinky has been getting fixed this this offseason, um, I've been having to
0: delay his uh, – his little sessions right now so but we're still close i think the only thing connor was closer with was maybe the camera because he always (laughs) found a way to get that and we still have pictures of him getting behind me and having to find it damon defensively you're not going to directly be with him but how much anticipation is there and how excited is the team as a whole so so
1: for me like my mentality is you want to be the best you got to beat the best and going against our offense, we're going against the best offense in any 10 every week, every day at practice. So I love it. Bring, bring in better guys. Bring in everybody that you can because the better that our offense is, the better our defense will be. And we had a really good defense, and we had the best running back. We had the best receiver. We had the best quarterback in the conference. So that's why we were good. So I'm excited for it. And the guys, like, we are very competitive as a, as a team. So, like, everybody wants to go against Deb because he's the best and the fastest receiver. Why not? You know what I mean? So like that's kind of our mentality, like you want to be the best, you gotta beat the best, and we are the best. So let's get it.
0: Talk us through what a for for a home game, what the what your week schedule is looking like through, you know, from Monday to anticipating for that uh Saturday kickoff. Talk us through what goes on what goes into pregame on Saturday.
2: Um, Monday is usually the the day off. Tuesday we are in full pads for practice uh Wednesday full pass for practice again. Um Thursday is uppers, Friday we're in just helmets. Saturday is the game day and Sunday we prep for the next week for the next opponent. But um Friday is more chill, just walk through um going over everything for the game. Uh Thursday we see the the ones and twos, I want to say once that day and then it's a bunch of scout. Tuesday and Wednesday are the Practices where we're going against the UNH ones and twos, it's a more intense practice, more upbeat compared to the later in the week, uh, relaxing our bodies a little bit more, getting ready for a Saturday. Damon,
0: basically the same thing with the d- defensive set?
1: Yeah, so we're pretty much got the same schedule offensively, guys, but it's more like for us, like the first two days, it's learning what our play script is. And then after that, it's just running it. And we pretty much, Coach Scott, throws a lot of plays at us that first day because by Wednesday or Thursday, you should already know it. Now we can just do walkthroughs. And now, like you said, you can take a rest. Instead of having to go full speed, you can break it down and look at it like a slower manner. So on Saturday, everything is right in front of you. When they line up, okay, I know what they're doing. So the first two days of practice are really intense, high speed. After that, we're just mental reps kind of thing, just taking it focus on that. So watching
0: a lot from the sideline, Coach P, Coach Scott especially, they're very vocal guys, they're very loud guys. Yeah. Not everyone is able to, not, not all athletes respond to that way. Yeah. So what would you tell a lot of athletes that, you know, they go into a program like New Haven where, and they have to deal with, how do you teach guys to really respond with that
1: and work into that program? I would say trust. If you trust somebody, no matter what, like, maybe now I trust my mother with my life. She can scream at me, yell at me all she wants, but at the end of the day, I trust her, so I respect it. You have to trust your D.C. You have to trust your president's coach because if you trust them, you're gonna be- you know what they're saying is not at a negative spot. You got to listen to the words, not the tone, because he's trying to tell you something and he's trying to put you in the best position for you. So I would just say that to a lot of people. And also you got to have the guys around you just rally up. So we all on the field, the coach is not out there. It's us. So you see somebody put their head down, pick it up. You got the next play, short mentality. We got to keep it going, you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, to add on to that, like how Damon said, um, you got to take the coach and – what he's saying and what he's coaching to you, not the tone that he's saying it to you in. So a lot of time, guys think they're getting yelled at. If you're not getting coached, that's when you should be getting worried because they want the best out of everybody. So um, that's basically it, really, just taking what he's coaching you, not the tone that he's saying it in.
0: So has this been one of the more intense coaching staffs you guys have had, or is this lighter than what you saw at Albany?
1: I would say, like, Pop Warner was probably the most intense. They just had regular dudes on the street that just was coaching his football. They were really intense. My high school was very intense. Albany, we had, it was intense. I feel like all, like, football in general, the coaches are intense. It's more or less, like, how do you respond to it? So, me, when I was younger, like, I used to get under my skin a little bit, and I grew a little bit tough skin, and, and now I understand, like, he's not yelling at me in a negative or a mean way. He's trying to coach me up and get me better, so. I feel like all coaches, everywhere you go, you're going to get it in intensity. It's football. It's an intense sport.
0: How long did it take for you to really grow that tough skin? Because that's one of the big things is you just got to grow that tough skin. Like you said, learn. It's not directed at you in a mean way. It's really yelling to teach you and yeah. grow and make it so that you
1: understand. Honestly, I would say quick because it's, it's, it's no, you can't be, I wouldn't say soft, but you can't be a sensitive person on the field because the next person is not. You can get hurt. You can get ran over. You can get stepped on. So you got to toughen up quick kind of thing, and that's kind of where I I grew up real fast on the football field because out there is fast-flying people trying to hit you. you got to get out of the way, so really quick. Deb, same thing for you?
2: Yeah. um, I want to say high school was uh, the most intense coaches I had. We won two state championships back-to-back, my junior and senior, because of the way they coached and Mm -hmm. the way they held the standard for Troy. So um, going to Army and being here, I'm used to it, the intensity, but um, having a thick skin, um, I developed that at home, having four brothers, I mean, three brothers, It's four boys, so um, just being home, always having to basically survive all the
1: fittest, so. <laughs> that, that, that's how it is with brothers. And Yeah, I was the baby with four sisters. <laughs> I got this special treatment. <laughs> <laughs> was it special for you just because you were the only boy? Yes, i didn't I didn't get in trouble. I didn't <laughs>
0: go <going> to jail. <job. laughs> so there's a lot of talk about how you know society wants to take away football because they think you know the the risk to injury is too high, the the intensity of yelling, and it should really be a lot of the injuries. What is your guys' take on that?
2: Football builds character. Um, a lot of the football guys, when you go into their everyday life, you had a busy schedule in high school and college, so by the time you get to your adult life, you're used to a busy schedule. So, and it builds character to keep you cool, keep your composure. You go through adversity in real life all the time. So um, it teaches you lessons.
1: For me, I mean, football, I would say, saved my life. I, I was lost, and I didn't know what to do. And then football came around, and I picked it up, and I fell in love with it, and I fell in love with the craft, the grind. The injuries is part of it. I signed up for that. I, I love the post-game soreness. The reason why I was upset at Albany a little bit because I didn't play as much. So I wasn't getting that post-game soreness, and I missed it. I craved it. I loved that feeling. And now like, that I'm playing here, being a starter, and everything, like, I love having that feeling. Like Football is a great sport. Like you said, it builds character. Everything you said was what I was going to say as well. But for me, like you can't take away football. It's, it's one of those things that, like, it helps people. It guides people. I probably wouldn't have gotten to college without football, so, like, it changed my life.
2: Yeah. After the DeMar Hamlin thing happened, a lot of people who never played football was like, oh, people shouldn't be playing this sport. But that can happen any given play. And we sign up to play this sport knowing the risk of injury, too. But, if you like, that was a once-in-a-lifetime freak accident that happened to DeMar Hamlin. Um, most of the time when you sign up to play football, you know you got to go 110% every snap because if you don't, that's when people get hurt. And,
1: and me, I broke my leg twice on the football field both times. And I would do it again if I, could, like, if I could play another snap. That's what I knew. Like, I had to get back out there no, no matter what. A lot of people would have stopped after the first broke leg. I was like, no, I love this thing. Second time, a lot of people would have gave up, but definitely. But I love this thing. I got to get out there. Like, it's, it's called. It, it has a hold on me. I love this thing. So, looking to the
0: future, you guys have a son. Would you let them play
1: football, or if they wanted to play football, support them with that? Yeah, when I once I get to my junior, uh, I want him to be able to play as many sports as possible at a younger age. Lacrosse, baseball, soccer, football. And then whatever he finds and whatever he falls in love with, I would hope it's football, you know, me. But if it's anything else, I want him just to be have fun with it, because... A lot of kids forget to have fun nowadays. They're all on their phone. And, like, my little brother, he does, he's 12, and he doesn't get into sports. And it, for me, like, I was always outside wild and wanted to play sports. So him, I just want him to be outside. And whatever he falls in love with, go for it. If it's football, come on. We're going to be, be grinding.
2: Yeah. Um, if I have a son, I would want him to play a bunch of sports when he's younger. And whatever he falls in love with, I would never put the pressure on any of my kids to uh, play a sport or pick a sport to play um whatever they want to do i would always support it that's your kid at the end of the day but um if i had to choose i would want him to play basketball that's where the money's at (laughs) baseball baseball (laughs) so so i I
0: guess we probably should ask this but for both of you future have a wife have kids is that in the plan definitely of
1: course for big family guys you know what i mean so i want to be able to have my own family one day and better show them a better life than what I had and use every opportunity that I received to bless them, their lives and stuff like that. That's definitely a plan.
2: Yeah, all the all the things I learned in my life, I want to give them that wisdom. So um, definitely having a wife, children is definitely in the future plans.
0: So, you know, because a lot of kids now want to specialize with one sport. Yeah. And from a young age, they start with just one sport. You guys both said you would want, you both did it. But you, you said to your kids, how
1: important do you think it is to play multiple sports I at a young age? I wouldn't be the same football player if I didn't. I have quick hands because I boxed. I have quick feet because of boxing. I have good eye, uh, hand IQ vision because I played baseball. I played basketball growing up all the time. A lot of my juke moves and the way I dip my shoulder is I'm dribbling a basketball. It looks exactly like it. All those other sports taught me how to do that. And you work different muscles. You gain different abilities playing those sports. And you can just transition into football. I feel like if I just played one sport, I wouldn't have the same abilities that I do now.
2: Yeah, I agree with what Damon said. Um, Playing different sports when you're younger, you gain a lot, and you gain a lot of more abilities. And um, with me, that's how I got fast, playing different sports, Uh, just running around, being outside, doing different things. So um, I feel like if you're a one-sport athlete, a lot of college coaches look for dual-sport athletes too in high school. Uh, So I, I wouldn't say limit yourself to one sport at such a very
0: young age so of all the sports you guys have played what's been the hardest
1: was it boxing is you versus somebody else and they're trying to knock your head off and you out there a lot of people don't understand like I would, i'd boxed amateurs so it'd be three rounds a minute and a half a minute and a half don't sound like a lot but it, you'd be a full-blown exhausted afterwards that's one of the hardest sports because that person's been training. You got to figure them out within a, a 30 seconds radius or you will be done for. And then I would say baseball, probably one of the hardest sports is to hit a baseball. I feel like that's really hard. Football, see ball, get ball. And that's, that came a lot real natural to me. So I would say it would go boxing, baseball, then, then football. football. Golf.
2: Golf is probably the most humbling sport i played.
0: Do, do you golf, Dev?
1: Here and there. I golf <laughs> here and there in the summer. How, how good are you? I'm terrible. <laughs> I'm terrible. Damon, you do any golfing? I swung a golf club for the first time in my life three weeks ago at Top Golf. It wasn't the best. Is all I could say. It's
0: very humbling. So, so is it more of a Happy Gilmore swing, or is it just
1: I missed the ball a couple of times? Is what I can say. <laughs> and then I got there, and then it, the ball didn't go far. <laughs>
0: I mean, if you're an athlete, you know it's easy oh. to pick it up. Just you, it's all about the slow swing
1: everything right there hey, I just need a little bit of coaching up and I'll be alright I feel like
0: so, so if there's any extra tournaments the golf
1: t- golf coach can come look for you hey tell him to come my way hey the baseball coach needs somebody too I'll come play third base right now <laughs> Morgan you've been quiet over here you you have
0: anything you want to add in
3: no I'm just observing
0: uh, observing so alright Listen carefully. You, Spectator. You've, you've heard the boxing you've heard mm-hmm. y- you were field hockey where, where do you think that ranks in there for sports
3: out of like what Damon said, like or what every sport ever.
0: I mean, of what, what we've talked about so far, where do you think field hockey ranks in?
3: I think pre- I think field hockey is really tough, but um, not as tough as someone trying to like kill you with boxing gloves. So I'd probably, I'd probably go two. two
1: that's just me being two out of biased. all sports.
3: Not all sports of the ones that we've talked about. I mean, like I I don't have experience with anything else, but field hockey is hard. Like, it's tough. It's a hard sport to understand. If you watch a game, you have no idea what's going on. There's like sure. 700 rules. Like, you can't, the ball can't touch your feet, can't touch the back of the stick. Learning all like how to dribble, aerial skills, hand eye coordination. It's crazy. And you have to be fast. Yeah. There's a, a little bit of every, it's literally like six sports combined into one.
1: Yeah, I never heard of it until I got to college. So my first time seeing it was like, yeah, I have no idea what's going on. This is wild. So when
0: you went to a first game, were you just sitting there watching, going, what's happening
1: right now? And... Yeah, and then they scored, and then I just got excited with everybody else. So That's kind of how I played it, was just like, let's see what's going on. I also played lacrosse, so, like, I kind of looked at it like that, like, you got to get into the goal. But other than that, I was like, I had no idea what's going on.
0: So what's your guys'
1: favorite sport to watch? To watch? Oh. I think I would say, like, MMA. Like, I love UFC and i love boxing like on tv like Javante davins and ryan garcia is about to come up like i can't wait for that fight the style bender like i love seeing him do that and obviously i I think basketball is one of my favorite sports to watch too like college basketball though because they're they're grinding differently than nba yeah i
2: want to say um march madness yeah march madness is is the favorite time of the year to watch a sport because um that's when you get all the college teams going as hard as possible to survive that tournament. So uh, I feel like professional sports, you might, some night you might get the good guys that show up like LeBron and them. Other nights they might be load management, so you won't get the best of the best playing every night. So so what's your guys'
0: favorite college team for basketball?
1: Right now, I would say Penn State. One of my good friends is the point guard over there. He just scored his two thousand point. Jalen Pickett, shot my boy out. But I, like I would say Penn State right now. I kind of followed where like, people from my hometown went. So like, I had a kid named uh, Quentin Rose. He played at Temple, so I followed them a little bit. And Nazir Carter, he played at Washington, so I followed them. So I kind of followed where, like, where the inner squad guys go and just you know support my boys and got to show them some love. Absolutely. So right now, Penn State.
2: Yeah, if I had to pick a team, I would have to say Northwestern. Um, good high school uh, friend, Boo Bowie is on Northwestern. He went um, prep after high school. So I've been watching him, his uh his Northwestern career. So right now I would have to say Northwestern. I've always been a Michigan guy, though, too. So,
0: Morgan, what's your team for March Madness?
3: Um, I grew up going to Tennessee and Bama games, as contradicting as that is. Um, so mostly them. But uh, I have a good friend from back home that goes to Richmond. Uh, it's Tyler Burton. So I rooted for them all year last year. So,
0: Okay. Looking at college football, Alabama or Tennessee? Dev? This year or? For, just in general. Oh. Man, it's the best of the best, I still think. got to go roadside, yeah. yeah.
3: That was a good answer.
0: good answer for you, Morgan, there?
3: <laughs> you should see the family feuds we have on that. It's hard. Yeah, you,
1: Nick Saban's a different breed of a coach. He's a dog. Or oh, he brings in a different class that does the same goal. So, Looking at, like, an Alabama...
0: What are your thoughts on just that level of football and just seeing that? Is it, like, one of those true, like, strives and goals to get to a level like that?
2: Yeah, seeing a team like Alabama with college football and how each year uh, you in and out that they are the top team to beat and always have the target on their back, that's definitely a goal to reach in every team in college football wants to be the next Bama. And I seem like uh, that's Georgia right now, the up-and-coming back-to-back natty champs. Um, But also playing at Albany, we played FBS teams, and we played NFL guys year in and year out in the CAA. So it's definitely – I like playing up to that level of NFL guys. So um, seeing teams like Bama, I like to watch because you never see any of the guys step out of the line – and um they always respect Saban.
1: Yeah, I think there they they're very business oriented. They they have like a, a very strict standard there and everybody follows the script. But like you said, like we played against a lot of the NFL guys, like t- talented guys, so if you wanna be the best, you gotta be the best. And Bama's always been like known as the best, so everybody wants to be them. And if we can take that mentality and you can bring it to any level of college football, D two, D three, D one, any of that, any program will be successful if you work at the same work that
0: so, do you guys prefer to watch NCAA football or NFL football? NCAA.
2: Uh, we don't. Yeah, we don't have no time on Sunday to yeah. watch NFL football we unless can. it's Sunday night. So, we pay attention to college football on the way back from the bus. Who were you guys rooting for in the Super Bowl? Come on, we both. I'm a I'm an Eagles fan. We
1: both Philly fans. Philly. Philly I Philly? went down to Philly to watch the game in Philly just to, if, when they. I was hoping they won, but if they won, to experience like the culture of winning a game like a super bowl in this in the city so i was down in philadelphia actually
0: so all right last play of the game is it holding or not
1: um i think it was holding but you can't call that super bowl last minute and 30 that decided the game and i don't think he was going to be able to catch the ball regardless of the slight tuck of the jersey regardless it was such an overthrown ball yeah
2: even james bradbury came out said he held him well i don't think you can call that with a minute left in the game that
1: you, been you, want,
2: you want to see a good game, but you don't want to see it end like that. So.
0: You, you want to see Jalen Hurts have one more shot down the field.
2: If he had one more shot, I think uh, he got it. the Eagles have a ring and um, he would be MVP
0: of the Super Bowl. There was a lot of argument that he could have won MVP even with the loss.
2: Yeah, I've seen that on um, the New Heights with Travis Kelsey and Jason Kelsey. Um he bought out uh i seen the last week you see a lot of guys talking about if you watch that game for the first time and not knowing who jalen hurts and patrick mahomes was they said uh you would say that the guy
1: in green played better and he did i think he had a hell of a game he was three walk he ran rushing touchdowns like the first three touchdowns was that like put the team on his back for real <laughs> damon how was philly for that the environment was insane like so we went to one of the bars like downtown philadelphia and like every time they scored the whole bar would erupt and like they'll play like the philly fight song and everybody's top of the lungs it was insane even after the loss like we went downtown to the, the board park street and it was still like everybody's out there, just still excited and a lot of people going around yelling and everything like that but just being in there every touchdown everything like that like everybody was excited like dapping to people i've never seen in my life and that were we hugging each other like it was it's just a good environment Morgan, who'd you have in the Super Bowl?
3: Um, I'm a pass fan, so I didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just participated um, in in the viewing. Loved the the halftime show. Big fan.
0: What, what were your guys' thoughts on the halftime show? I was singing my heart out in there. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, I liked it. Um, I was just like probably half of the millions of people who watched the halftime show it went right on my phone, looked up if Rihanna was pregnant again. <laughs>
0: So. Mm-hmm. The, the trending question that everyone would know And then it comes out that
1: she was mm-hmm. What would you guys think of the commercials? So being at the bar I didn't get to watch any of them Or hear them because During a commercial break everybody's trying to buy a drink Or do something like their talk So I didn't really get to hear them
2: um, Only one commercial stood out to me And that was the NFL commercial with um, Deanna I don't know how to say her last name well, With it the, flag like the flag football I, yeah.
0: I, I feel like the NFL They had the, the one a few years ago with, with the, the the gold football, the right? golden football with Marshawn Lynch starting it and yeah. everyone breaking out, I think that still is one of the better ones. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I like I like this one because um, it was more about the females pushing for football too. So I really liked the uh, that one that, that stood out a lot to me. So do you guys
0: have any questions for me and Morgan right now? How you guys been? Uh, well, you know, tired, tired. Yeah. It's all it's a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah, I know Damon
1: wants to get me into the weight room, but yeah, that's that's my question. Are you gonna come out there and get in the grind and a Foggy U workout?
0: I'll do it. I'll do it when we have Foggy on the podcast. I'll find out a date that I can go down to yeah. football and I'll go lift. Morgan, you gonna come with me?
3: I'm retired from all of that. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. I never had Foggy as a strength coach though, so I don't. I only went like in the winter to uh, Foggy U.
2: So, are you scared of foggy then? Is no,
3: I mean, saying? like I experienced him in the winter, so like he used to make us do arm farm and like all of that stuff like off season, but I had coach Mons and then I had Coach Brandon, so we didn't have as I didn't have it as intense. So, it was still intense.
0: so winter foggy isn't as bad.
3: I mean, yeah, kind of. Uh, don't tell him I said that, yeah, but... Yeah, because now he's
1: going to intensify it. <laughs> now, now he's going to make yeah, it sorry.
0: worse. No <laughs> when Morgan's going to show well, up. Well, we
3: went, like, voluntarily, like, and made Foggy make us a workout, so...
0: So I do have to admit, Foggy has written me a meal plan and everything like that. Oh, I okay. just haven't done the... Th-
1: the thick notebook you got uh, into to uh, print oh, out. Yeah. And it's step-by-step, step, every hour it, of the day. It, oh, every yeah, hour, it's, it's every little
0: meal. Yeah. Followed it for, to a degree, but then I, you know, I I got tired of the bland chicken. <laughs> I was like, all right, I need something more here. Come on now. But he is going to be writing me another
1: one. So yeah. I, I'm waiting for the new weight room. Then I'll go lift up there. And mind you, when we get to the new weight room, it's going to be defense-offense because we can fit 80-something guys in there. So there's going to be a lot going on. So,
0: so are you saying I have to do two sessions? I'll do a defense and then an offense day?
1: You can choose a Monday, come with the defense, a Tuesday, go with the offense. We can make it happen. Or Morgan will do one day on and I'll do the other day. <laughs> Get you in
3: there. You're overestimating my ability to
0: lift (laughs) weights at this point. No, I've always wanted to work out with Foggy and do one of his strength and conditioning um, workouts just to see, you know, if I still have it or not. Yeah, come on a squad day. Yeah, Yeah, I I, feel good. I I would do it. (laughs) I don't know if I'd last after it just because (laughs) those days of actually I've been doing more of like bodybuilding style lift. So it's been more for aesthetics, but I don't know if I still have the athleticism (laughs) left in me. You yeah, get it right.
2: Hey, it's
0: uh, it's easy to get out of shape. To get in shape, it's uh, a expensive
1: pain. <laughs> I, Quote of the day.
0: <laughs> I, I feel like it's been more of like a transition. Like I don't train that way anymore, and that's the hard part is like just the training differences. Yeah. Like I see what he does in the weight room, and I think about it, and like my breaks are different, my lifts are different. So what he's doing and what I'm doing, completely different things. They're both getting us into shape. Like I'm in shape on one level. But not on an athletic level at that degree
1: anymore. It's just like basketball shape and football shape. You're in shape, but it's not the same. So I feel you.
0: I think that's one of the big things too. Is like the the sliding scale of in shape is so wide that, you know, you can say you're in shape, absolutely. But are you football shape Are you basketball shape? Are you baseball shape? There was a time I was in baseball shape. I wasn't in track shape, yeah. and it's so hard and so different that track shape has to be the hardest shape to get into.
2: Yeah. Yeah, did track in high school.
0: Got to be the hardest thing to get into because <laughs> it's just running. I, I don't understand it. And then they make the argument, well, your punishment is our sport. <laughs> it's so different. What, what did you do for track, Dev?
2: Um, I did the one, two, four by one. Sometimes our my high school coach would make us do the four by four. And um, my senior year, I did the high jump. So.
0: So, what was the hardest event that you did and of all of those? The 400
2: or the 4x4? <laughs> Terrible. Yeah.
0: I actually preferred the 400 over the 300. Really? Yes. I, so, I ran indoor. I would rather run two laps than a lap and a half because the 300 is an all out sprint. The 400, you could pace it. And going into like bends, you could like coast a little bit. You can't do that in the 300. I, I've died enough times in the 300. There was one time I fell across <laughs> the, the finish line because I had <laughs> je- jello legs and yeah. just went yeah. went out and across. And
2: That's how I felt with the 400 and outdoor. Um, my first sophomore year, I ran it. I'm thinking like, oh, I'm about to dust these dudes. Took off right from start. I hit around 300 meters,
0: hit the wall. Legs felt like they were not moving at all. For the three hundred, it's it's that two fifty mark. You're going into the final straightaway, and you're like, I no, I can't do this anymore. No <laughs> and that's the hardest thing. So my first ever indoor track meet was junior year of high school. Coach just threw me in. And goes here, go run this. All right, a lap and a half. That's easy. I can do that. I can't do that anymore. And <laughs> I don't even think doing that now, I could make it. Yeah,
2: track is definitely a crazy sport because it's uh it's humbling because. The track stars train all year round, whereas us being football guys, football is the main sport, and then you do track for winter and spring, and you're thinking, like, oh, this is this is easy. I'm in shape. You're not in track shape, though. So
0: Is that something a lot of coaches do? Like, if you're a football player, they'll have you, if you're not doing other sports, have you go and run track? Yeah, in high school, my high school coach wouldn't want us either playing basketball,
2: um, track, or baseball, but... He would. He didn't want a lot of guys playing baseball because you, you don't run it as much. So um, he he basically pushed us to do track or basketball.
1: And the same with us. They wanted you to play track or like lacrosse or something like that just to be active. So
0: one of the schools that we used to play against was uh, Springfield Central, and there. And that's where I train at. So I go to Chick-A-B- I went to Chicopee Comp. Oh, all right. Um. So Springfield Central was the powerhouse of football. And all of their athletes would run track if they weren't a multi-sport athlete. A few of those guys would be basketball players, but everyone else was on track. And I think one of my favorite memories was beating you guys or beating Central in the four x two hundred at Western Mass, because you're going up against future D1 football players. So you're like, ah, oh, these guys are gonna run right by me. And beating them, best feeling ever.
2: Hey, um, we got a, uh, a Springfield. So- uh, central guy coming um, in the summer, slot receiver from Colgate, Miles Bradley.
0: So I, I remember that name actually yeah, from my time. He would be here in the summer with us. It, it's crazy watching and seeing where a lot of those guys went, and then just coming full circle because it, that's home for me to a degree. It's yeah. you know it's right next door, and seeing that be so close, it's crazy to see a lot of those guys.
2: Yeah, no, it's always uh, a fun time when during the summers and um, winter breaks when I go down there. And uh, basically live with my brother and Agwan, but train with a bunch of other D1
0: guys, like Pop Watson and all of them. So, so you spend a lot of your time in Western Mass in the summer? Yeah. Uh, if I'm not in New Haven right now for football, that's where I'm at. So, so that, that is my true home, Western Mass. Morgan, anything else you want to add in? No, I'm good. You're good? Yeah. Damon, anything else? Love you, Mom. <laughs> yeah. Dev. Shout out to the fam. That's it. Guys, thank you for coming on. You know, thank you for everything you guys do for the football team, for the university as a whole. Um, you know, we wish you guys the best of luck this whole off season. No more breaking legs, Damon. Oh yeah, no. He took the saying Littler. <laughs> i did <laughs> yeah you took that a little too literal that you know we're, we're never gonna say that to you just,
2: never again no reason i have to tell him have
0: fun have fun <laughs> yeah, good luck have fun nothing else go get the football exactly <laughs> dev how's the finger doing
2: um should be out the cast
0: next week um
2: i should be catching again in march so uh get in there
0: well hope the finger feels better and you're back to health for the fall the guys best of luck this upcoming fall good luck and can't wait to see you guys when you get to go inside the peterson center because i know damon you've been excited to see what what's been so far yeah and there's more to come I'm i can say that man. so and dev to see your expression but thank you guys again best of luck and everyone charger cast episode two complete with dev holmes and damon burton jr on to episode three yes sir